Beards for Radio. Back to another episode of Beards for a Radio. I'm Sasha. <laughs> and this is Joe. And we got a lot to get to this week, man. We just got big news about, I don't know, l- less than a day ago, less than 24 hours. 10 is coming back. We're going to jump into the NBA's first um, uh, conference finals. And uh, we're going to end it with um, something big, something sad. Um, the death of Chadwick Boseman. Um you know, uh, our Black Panther is gone, but we're going to get to that. But first, NBA Finals, man. What do you want to start with? East, West, what's your what, what's your fancy? Well, I just want to give a shout-out to our Denver Nuggets that we've been talking about for the past, Woo-hoo! feels like, three years now, you know. Um, man, an exciting completion to their game, to their series against Los Angeles Tuesday night. Um, first of all, the first – team in NBA history to come back from 3-1 down in back-to-back series and they took down Donovan Mitchell and the the Jazz after being down 3-1 in that series um, took down the Clippers after being down 3-1 in the semifinals and the fact that the Clippers led by double digits in I believe all three of the games where the Nuggets faced elimination that's so it wasn't just a three-one comeback. They came back in every single game that they were facing elimination. So that's something. And right. game seven was a beauty because again they were down by double digits or like hovering around double digits most of the first half, and they cut it down to two before halftime. They had a solid third quarter to. Uh, build a lead, a pretty solid lead. I believe it was uh, six or seven going into the fourth quarter. And then the fourth quarter, they were just clamps down on D. Uh, the Clippers just looked nervous and uncomfortable out there. And by the by the two, three-minute mark, Denver was just toying with them. Like, the game was done. And it was, it was fun to watch. It was fun basketball, man. Yeah, you're right. You know, the last, what, two, three minutes, and Jokic stood up behind the back pass to uh, Murray. <laughs> yeah, um, behind his head, he just flips it to Murray, and if he didn't get fouled, it would have been an assist, like one of the coolest assists I've ever seen. Right, and, you know, like like coming back to Denver, I want to talk about the Clippers, like you were saying, like, you, you like I picked the Clippers to win a championship beginning of the NBA season, you know what I'm saying? You got you got Montrez Harrell, he was sixth man of the year. You got three dudes that are first team uh uh, uh defensive players in in Beverly, in uh George, in Kawhi. I mean, you got Lou Williams coming off the bench. I mean, they were stacked. They were stacked everywhere, you know. So, you know, I I expected to have an LA LA, you know, conference finals in the West, but you know, Denver surprisingly they played they have like they're in sync you know what i'm saying like they, they're, yeah. they're playing that basketball it's like to me i think pure basketball runs off the pick and roll it's it spreads out the floor and they're doing that you know what i'm saying um i think gary harris coming back gave him a big big jump in their scoring ability and their shooting being able be able to you know spread the floor even more you know so I was pleasantly surprised with how they've came back. Um, and I think it's not going to be easy for the Lakers. I really don't. Everyone's like, oh, no, 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 the Clippers are out. You know, well, what, 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 what gave you the impression that the Lakers, that the Clippers were going to give it to the Lakers uh, uh, this this past this past uh, series? Right. You know what I'm saying? I didn't see, you know, for the past 
two series, been watching Denver, like you said, come back from 3-1. Not just coming back from 3-1, but being down in those last three games to come back in those games, to come back from 3-1, that's friggin' incredible. Not to mention that Jokic is setting records for his 2020. Uh, uh, um, Murray is getting like one of the only four players to score back-to-back 50 or 40-something, you know, like yeah. they're just breaking record. You know what I'm we, saying? We didn't get a chance to talk about their first-round series with the Jazz. I believe when we last recorded, they were actually down 3-1. to one. Um, Not just was that a great series. We had one of the best one-on-one series playoff battles of all time, really, between Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. Um, right. I believe the stat is that four players in NBA history have scored 50 plus points in a in multiple games in a single playoff series. And the first two players to do it were Michael Jordan and Allen Iverson. And then the second two players to do it were Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray in the same series, which is something to behold for sure. And I, I agree with what you said. Um, the dynamic of the Nuggets really changed when Gary Harris came back. Uh, they were down 3-2 when he came back in the series against the Jazz. They won those two games. You know, he he played excellent defense on Donovan Mitchell in Game 7, especially on the very last possession, because if he doesn't poke the ball away like he does, like he got beat, but his his smarts to, like, not reach in, but reach to the outside and poke the ball away, you know that that was a one point game in Game Seven of the first round. They could have it could have easily been the Jazz playing the Clippers, right? And, and, and another player on that team that stepped up and I thought was playing really crappy beginning the uh, beginning the bubble play and the baby playoff was was Paul Millsap. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He, here, here's your here's your you know how can I say this? Here's your veteran journeyman. You know what I'm saying that you, you're gonna have to take on that big brother role. And I felt like he wasn't really taking on that role and. You know, uh, he was playing really crappy, you know, I, I, I not eloquently said, but yeah, he was playing crappy, you know, and, and he stepped up his game. I want to see uh, Grant, I need uh, Grant to step up his game a little more as well. And, you know, and, and the, the X factor too, dude, is uh, how does Michael Porter Jr. play? Yeah. And Michael Porter Jr. plays good. He shoots good. You know what I'm saying? They look good. They can spread the floor even more. He can take it in. He can take it out. I like Denver. I like, and you know the crazy thing about it is, Joe, they're young. They're yeah. so young, and they're playing on such a high level. The sky's the limit for these guys. If this this squad can stay together, they can have a they can have a dynasty. They can look to a dynasty. So I'm 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 really excited to see this Denver Lakers because I because on the on the Lakers side of it, you know, what I'm saying other than AD and LBJ, who do they got? Who do they got? If AD yeah. or LBJ goes down, goodbye. If they win a championship, LBJ better thank his lucky stars he has AD as a as a um a safety net, really. A, uh, yeah, you know because like like if if it's it's LBJ, AD, and a bunch of bums, in my opinion, I don't think any of them are damn good. You know what I'm right. saying? Like yeah, so, we've, we've talked about this before. I think you know Kuzma can have some good nights. Caruso can have some good nights. Rondo can occasionally come out of his shell joke because he looks like Franklin the turtle. Rondo can occasionally come out of his shell and have, you know, a, a double digit game. I believe he did that against uh, Houston, right? He had like a, like a 20 point night in that series, but yeah, LeBron has been playing like a beast in the playoffs, especially post game one of the Portland series. 
Um, yeah, let, but outside of those two consistent stars, it's, it's hard to really like pinpoint somebody who's a big time difference maker. Like you have occasional difference makers like Danny Green, like uh, I don't even want to say Contavious Caldwell Pope because he's like a once in a blue moon solid. Smith contributor. Um, J.R. Smith, and if if he doesn't go ahead and play like like last time, they were right. I mean, they they got Markeith Morris, the other Morris twin, who's a solid defensive presence, but you know he he doesn't. I don't I don't think he stretches the floor and shoots as well as his brother Marcus. Yeah, I think I think for Denver, in my opinion, like let let LeBron do his thing. Throw bodies at AD. Throw bodies at AD. Throw bodies at AD. I know it's hard because AD is is a seven foot guard essentially. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But we need you guys. They need to start bodying him. They need to throw Plumley in there, Millsap, and just start bodying him. Just start bodying him because let, let it's like let LeBron get off. LeBron's gonna get off, man. You know what I'm saying? AD sometimes disappears at the end of the third and the fourth. He'll, you know, he isn't taken inside. He kind of like yeah, floats around a three, top of the key type deal. If you can get him out of his element, I think that's how Denver can beat LA. Let yeah. LeBron James be LeBron James. LeBron James has been LeBron James for damn near 20 years. He's not stopping. You know what I'm saying? So you guys – my opinion just start botting AD, botting AD, botting AD, frustrating him. Do 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 what the Clippers did to Luka Doncic. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Bully the crap out of AD. That's what you. That's that's what I feel has to be done. You know, another and if that if that's that done, you know, LeBron's gonna have to put up a quadruple double. You know, in order for the uh, Lakers to win, because I don't think there's anybody on that squad other than AD. Like I said. That's going to be able to, you know, help LeBron. Yeah. Unless you know? unless Kuzma just starts being, like, real consistent with his game. You know, it's – I'm in agreement with you. That's that's pretty good. Like, that's kind of some Jordan rules type stuff, but applying it to Anthony Davis. Like – Hey, this is, this is the playoffs, man. This is the conference finals. Yeah. It's no time to be soft. It's no time to play around. This is the time to start throwing punches, dude. Like start start getting these guys out of their element. Start getting these guys in their head. You know what I'm saying? Get in their head. Get them out of their element. That's that's to me is such a big thing in sports. You know what I'm saying? The the psychology of it. You know the getting in people's heads, the throwing people off of their games, making them second guess what they are, who they are, what they're about to do, their next exactly. move. That's what they need to do. That's and what that's- Denver needs. to and that's what happened game seven to the Clippers. I think we saw it a lot with Paul George. I think Kawhi Leonard, as great as he is, I think he kind of got inside his head a little bit because they they were just forcing some unnatural stuff, it looked like. And, um, I mean, Paul George from the corner just knocks one off the side of the backboard. Like, how often do you see that? Wow. And, and no side note, did you, have you, did you see Dame, Damian Lillard's tweets? <laughs> I love I love the pettiness and the rivalries. Did, did, did you see that? <laughs> yeah. When he, he, he put a clip of George, Paul George's shot. He's like, it looked good to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> him, and then he's saying, hey. Column started, like, talking about uh, bringing them along for a vacation down in Cabo and everything. And, I love yeah. That. He's like, he's like, hey, man, you know, I haven't made my plans yet. Maybe you guys want to come along. Like, <laughs> man, the, the petty, you're right, the, the pettiness, the pettiness of it all. Yeah. But I got a kick out of it because I like Dave Lillard. So. Yeah, that was great. And flipping over to the Eastern Conference, we have 
the uh, I almost said the Lakers, the Celtics versus the Heat. This is an exciting series because I look at these two teams and these are complete teams. Like they don't really have one of those like top five, top ten type stars in the NBA. You can make an argument for Jason Tatum. You can make an argument for Jimmy Butler, but they don't really have that like clear cut guy above the rest of the guys on his team like star they're just solid teams from top down and i i've really enjoyed watching miami play they just handled the bucks like they had a gentleman sweep of the bucks it was kind of like the pistons and lakers back in 04 um but boston you know they they've been playing playing really well too i believe they swept philly round one and then had a uh seven game series against the defending champs the raptors but yeah, I want to get your take on these two teams because game one was played the other night and Miami came away with the win in overtime. Yeah, I think when it comes to Boston, I like their one, two, and threes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Brown, Tatum, Smart, Kemba, you know, um, Wanamaker. I like those. I like those guys. You know what I'm saying? But when it comes to their four and five, man, whew, they're lacking. You know, you talk about Cantor, you know, Feast, yeah. like who's their big guy? You know what I'm saying? So I think that's where they're going to fall short. Um, Miami, on the other hand, you know, we talked about Clippers having, uh, you know, the three big guys in defense. What about uh, uh, bio? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that block he had on Tatum. Out of his mind. Uh, yeah, Adebayo out of his mind, right? But, um, you know, he, he he's uh, first uh, NBA defensive team. You got Crowder, who's known for being a 3 and D player. You got Iggy, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, that, that Wiley vet who's known – uh, who got an MVP essentially for playing defense on LeBron James in the finals? Exactly. You know what I'm saying so. These guys are nothing to scoff at either. They, you know, you know they, they got a good vet that's been there for a while in Dragic to run the point. Um, Hero and Robinson, or oh, these two young guys are coming out of nowhere along with Kendrick Nunn. You know what I'm saying? It's just like they're young and they're veteran and in, in, they're, they're like up down to like the age spectrum. So yeah. I think Miami is going to win this in six. That's my opinion. You know what I'm saying? I think I think the biggest X factor is the big guys down low. You know what I'm saying? Because who, who their big guys aren't going to bang with Adebayo. They're not even going to be be able to bang with uh, Kelly Olynyk. You know what I'm right. saying? So, so I really do think that at that point, uh, Miami's a little more stacked because Jimmy Butler's playing great. I think I think the organization and um, his his fellow teammates and the faculty. They really, they really do believe in him. And I think that's what Jimmy Butler has always been looking for. You know, me, me and this one dude were just talking about this today, about Jimmy Butler's background, you know what I'm saying, and what he came through, and his, and his mom kicking him out because she doesn't like his looks. <laughs> and, you know, like everything that everything he had went through, you know, I think he's trying to just find a, sp- a spot to call his own. I don't think it happened in, you know, a Bulls or over there in, the, uh, in Minnesota for him. I think he's found his home here in Miami and good for him because I've always liked Jimmy Butler. He's a well-spoken dude, you know, from what he went through, you know, he shouldn't be here. He shouldn't be on this stage for what people like him go through. So more power to him. And I think that, you know, when people go through stuff like that in their life, when they get to this spot, they have something. They're just going to turn it on. You know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. he's, he's, he's got, he, that, he needs he's got that. like a worker mentality to him, a blue collar. Exactly. Like, he, he said it himself. He's not the most talented. It's not like he's some pure fire shooter, but they got a couple of those on, on that team. It's not like he's got great handles, but they got a few people with good handles on that team. Yeah, you said it. Like, 
they just got young talent. Like, you got to love Duncan Robinson's story. It's pretty similar to Jimmy Butler's, you know. Obviously, uh, a lot of our friends are familiar with Duncan Robinson playing three years in Michigan. But before that, he was Division Three playing playing in empty arenas. He said he he said the bubble felt like home because that's what he was used to playing. <laughs> Those That's the type of arena he played in in high school and his first year of college was an empty arena all the time. So he was used to right. shooting in those empty gyms. Um, right. Uh, and yeah, uh, getting to Boston, you know, I think a lot of it rests on two players. I think Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum, as good as Jalen Brown is, he's not Batman. He's, he's more of a Robin or a Nightwing, you know, like Jason Tatum or Kemba Walker have got to be Batman or Kemba Walker has to be, you know, Yukon Kemba Walker. And I don't know. I just think it's a lot to ask out of those two players. Cause if one, if one or both of them aren't on, it's, it's going to be real difficult for Boston. And I think they let an opportunity slip away uh, in game one because they didn't come out of the gates playing their best, but they, they were leading at halftime. I believe they built a double digit lead at one point in the game. And then, you know, to lose it in overtime, a close one, I feel like, if the Heat had lost it in that fashion, it would be less backbreaking for them than it is for Boston right now. Yeah, because I, I think it was – I think that block was definitely a – God, I, I don't want to put it on – right, I don't want to put it on, like, the uh, the Tayshaun Prince block or the LeBron James block, but <laughs> that you, – you're you know, it like – it. It, it demotivates the team, like you said. It just snatched the soul out of that team. If if Tatum would have yammed it on Adebayo, we might be talking a totally different conversation here. Exactly. You know what I'm saying we might but be like, talking about how Tatum is like turning the corner. I mean, he's Tatum's on the right path, so maybe turning the corner is the wrong word. But you know, it's like Tatum would be ascending to the next level, and I believe he's really close. He's he's in that next generation of like great players. You know, if oh, I, if Philly drafted him over Markel Fultz, no offense to Fultz, but like if Philly drafted him, they're a totally different team right now. Most definitely, and like and like you said, it's just demoralizing. That block was just demoralizing. So, like, yeah, I really do. I do really do like what Miami brings. There's, it's very surprising. Very surprising what I've been seeing out of, you know, this Miami team and this Denver team as well. It's just like they're they made up they're made up of young dudes that you know have some, you know, some veteran leadership up top. Mm-hmm. But like Denver, they have one. You know, Paul Mills they have so many veteran leader. Yeah. Everyone else is all young dudes. So it's it's great that it. If I could like buy stock in NBA teams, I would definitely buy stock in three of the four teams left. You know, like no offense to the Lakers, but they're the one that I wouldn't buy stocking because I think the Lakers are built to win now. And all these these other teams, the Heat, the Celtics, the Nuggets, they're built to be winning now, but they're also built to kind of like they're almost none of their players are in their prime or past their prime yet, just like you said. Right. When Millsap gets to when Millsap gets to an age where he's not effective, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is going to take that spot. And it's gonna make it's gonna make some of the decisions for the Denver front office real interesting. But you know, for now, you know, a person like Michael Porter coming off the road, you know, Bull Bull is gonna be a factor for them too. He's he's barely played, but I, I do believe he's gonna be a factor at some point. Uh, not this year, right. but one of the years down the line. Um, and yeah, for the Heat, I just feel like 
they have the defensive wherewithal and capacity to bother a Kemba Walker and a Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown. And I don't feel and have side of Marcus Smart to do that to the Heat. Right. Even though I, we know, you know us, we love Marcus Smart. He's one yeah. of those pit players that we, you know, and he does everything great. But like you're, you're right, he's not going to be that guy to, you know, push him over that hump that's needed to get past Miami. That's why right. I believe that Mar- Miami's going to win it in six. I think Marcus Smart and Gary Harris are very similar players. Smart is kind of like more of a bulldog. Um, you know, like I, being a, being a big big time Gary Harris fan, I, I wish Gary Harris had like more of a killer mentality, but. Um, Nikola Jokic is like the perfect player to pair on a team with Gary Harris. They, their styles just complement each other so well. Um, but Marcus Martin, Gary Harris, like they're both very solid offensively. They make their bread and butter on the defensive side of the ball, but they're very smart players. Uh, but they're not, you don't want them to be like the star of the team. That's, that's kind of like what I'm getting at, but. Two of my favorite players, especially, and I'm I'm really glad to see them both remaining in the playoffs right now. I'm with you. So, um, before we hop on to Big Ten, what what do you think the outcome of the East is going to be? Uh, I'm with you. I th- I think I think every game is going to be similar to Game One. I don't see a whole lot of blowouts happening. I'm going to go with the Heat in seven. Okay. Uh, West Side. West side, um, the Nuggets need to come out game one and act like they're down three to one and they're starting down 12 points, you know. Um, there's so many variables. I, man, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm doubting the Nuggets. I really want to put my money on them. But, you know, LeBron James this time of year, or I, I guess this time of the playoffs because it's, you know, September now. It's not the springtime. Right. He's just different. And if they do what you're saying, you know, if they just body Anthony Davis, I do think LeBron James has just enough left in the tank to carry his team one last year. I believe this is the last year that we'll be watching LeBron James in his prime. I believe it's going to be downhill after this season. And I think he knows that too. I don't think he's in denial. LeBron's a smart dude. So unfortunately I'm, I'm going to say Lakers in six, but I hope, I hope to God that we see the Nuggets in the, in the finals. That would, that would make my year. But right. I'm with Lakers you. Six. I, I think so. Lakers in six as well. I would like to see, see it go to game seven and, uh, it's not and Denver pull it six. out. It's not going to be easy six. No way. Um, I, I, I even believe in going, it can go to game seven. I feel like if it goes to game seven, you know, it's in the air at that point. Um, but yeah, I'm leaning more towards LA in six. I think you're right. Yeah, and LBJ has a proven track record, so. And that would be a very exciting finals: the Lakers and the Heat. You got the LeBron playing Miami storyline. You know he's got that history with Miami. You've got a team like you said, like the Heat, a real team versus that big two and a little twelve of the Lakers. You know, <laughs> right? Obviously, you got the Kobe. It would be storybook luck if if LeBron and the Lakers won it for Kobe. You know, it's that would be an exciting series. My dream scenario would be Nuggets versus Heat, but uh, I I do think it's going to be Lakers. But Jamal Murray, he dropped forty in Game Seven. He he sometimes is a ball hog in a good way. He's not like he's not a shot chucker, but he's he's a bad mother. <laughs> 
not a shot chugger. He's a bad mother. But um, ah, I'm not be shocked if Denver wins the series. Like that sounds like covering all bases and like playing both sides. But in all honesty, like I think Los Angeles will win. But I'm just I'm not. There's not really much the the Nuggets can do that would shock me at this point. Like I believe in them. It's just that I also believe in LeBron James, right? Right, most definitely, and like, and like, um, I think we probably be or uh, will be more able to hone in on what we figured it would be if we watched the game one. And yeah. so we already we got to yeah. watch the game, a uh, Boston Miami game one. You know, I think it'd be, I think we kind of get a you know a better idea of what is to lie ahead if we actually saw Denver LA, you know, game one. You know, so I, I believe- that could change that could change our whole mind up. You know, at that game one exactly. And I believe Denver Denver is a consistent away from being like one of the scariest teams in the NBA. I believe in the future Michael Porter Jr. will be that guy, but yeah, it, I don't know. The guys outside of Jokic and Murray are going to have to step up step up offensively. Like you said, maybe it's Jeremy Grant, maybe it's Mills. It's Gary Harris. Um, I don't know, but uh, we'll see. I think the key to each game is going to be when the second unit comes in, because I Denver's second unit, if, if LeBron and Anthony Davis are off the floor. Denver's second unit should mop the floor with the Lakers' second unit. I think so as well. The only thing I do see is though is LA. They have a lot of big men, dude. Yeah. So you know they got they got they got McGee McGee and Howard to throw on the floor and knock exactly. some people around. You know that's a good thing for them as well. Morris can come and do the same thing. So they, I, I think, on the big right. on the big guy end. Uh, when they like you said, be bringing the second group, so those big guys they better be hitting because I don't think they'd be getting a lot of rebounds, um, to put back up second chance points. So you know, it's exactly. just stuff to look, stuff to look for, just stuff to look for. I'm excited to watch that game. I think, I think once I see the outcome of game one, it'll kind of give me a better, you know, foothold on you know which way they're going. Yeah, I'll, if the Nuggets come out and blow them, blow out the Lakers in game one, I'm gonna try really hard not to overreact to it because you know lost pretty solidly to the Blazers in game one, lost pretty solidly to the Rockets in game one, but they won both of those series pretty handily. Right. And, you know, LeBron James, everyone always says that, oh, he throws the first game so he can see where his opponent's at. So let's see if that's, you know, that's part of, you know, the LeBron James uh, mental going into the playoffs as well. So, yeah, yeah, man, uh, good, good games going down. I can't wait to, uh, for tomorrow night. I believe the uh, game one's tomorrow night, correct? Uh, Friday night. Friday, Friday night. night. Lakers. Yeah. Tomorrow's Boston Miami's game two, Boston, correct? Miami game two. Yep. All right. So we got a lot to look for, but um, I I think we kind of covered every year. Let's hop over to Big Ten. Yeah. Speaking you know, of things to look forward to, um, right? If you've been following the Big Ten decisions on whether to play this fall or not, you know, a couple of weeks you might have gotten whiplash from how back and forth it's gone. But yes, today, September sixteenth, I believe is the day. Uh, it's a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. The announcement was made official that the Big Ten will be playing football in the fall as God intended. Uh, a little bit late. It's going to be starting the weekend of October 24th. So that means we might be seeing some games on that Friday evening, the 23rd, and we'll be seeing some on the 24th. It's going to be designed as an eight-game schedule, plus the last game of the season uh, will be a crossover game. So everybody's going to play their 
common seed. So the top team is going to play the in the East is going to play second is going to play second, you know, so on and so forth. So that's an interesting aspect. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll give you my thoughts, but I, I want to let you uh, tell me where you're at with this news. Uh, if this excites you, if this is just kind of something Joe, to keep under the road. I or... am going to throw a curveball at you. All right. Okay. We are five weeks away. From this starting eight games in eight weeks, directly followed by CF playoffs coming after that big time. What a big time title to be honest with you. I'm over. I'm over college football already. It's gotten too politicized for me. You know what I'm saying? You got all these players and the faculty and these student athletes. And we say that, you know, with, you know, air quotes, are able to go back to these schools when other kids are not be able to go back to the school. Yeah. Don't tell me it's not about money. Yeah. Don't tell me it's not about money over safety because it absolutely is. And just come out and say it. Don't beat around the bush. Just come out and say it. It's about money over safety. If that's the case, start paying these damn kids. Start paying these kids. Because right now, you're just showing us that, eh, even though, you know, the maybe the numbers might not suggest that they can't play their sports. But if they're if you're if you're sitting there, right, and you're you're someone that goes to Michigan or Michigan State or Ohio State and these Big Ten teams, and you're not a student athlete, you're just a regular schmo who, you know, is paying is paying full tuition to sit at home and do it online, mm-hmm. which is bullcrap already, you know, saying you what 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 the the student athletes and the faculty are more important to go back to school than you guys are? Yeah, you know it, it, it's it's gotten too politicized. It's, it, it, it's it's about money, and to be honest with you, I don't care if the Big Ten or college football plays this year. I said it last time. I don't care because they all they're only caring about the bottom line. And I understand if we say the NFL is doing the same thing, but these are kids. You know what I'm saying? And I understand they're like, well, they're 19, 20, 20, 20. They're adults that should make their own, you know. But it's, it, this is yeah. different. These guys aren't getting paid. So they're going out there and risking stuff, risking their life, risking their health. Now, I understand they want to play. I get it. I get it. These kids want to play. These parents, the faculty, they want to play. I get it. But it's just, to me, it's just very fishy. It's just very fishy to me. I just don't feel like they're going back for the right reasons. You know, and they're not going back for the sport. They're right. not going back for the love of it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe these kids are, but uh, these schools are pushing because they're going to lose billions. The, 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 yeah. The Big Ten is supposed to lose billions if they don't play. Some crazy astronomical number. You know what I'm saying? If that's the case, you know what I'm saying? If it is about money, you know, the, 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 the don't, the, then when it comes time to start paying these kids, don't give me, well, it's about a free education. It's not about money. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, so, this, like, I'm honestly, I'm over it, Joe. I not, really am. They're not pushing to bring all the other fall sports back, n- nor should they. Those are all going to be played in the spring like they said the football season would be played in the spring. Um, I mean, yeah, if anybody was still holding on to the, well, they're they're true students. They're not just athletes, you know, like, if anybody was still holding on to that, that that's basically shot now. Like if it wasn't before, um, I mean, yeah, like we we've seen plenty of former players at Michigan, Michigan State, any major institution that plays football, you know, say they couldn't take the classes they really wanted to 
because the coaches knew that the the class schedule would interfere with what they needed to accomplish in football. Like um, Jordan Lewis, who plays for the Cowboys now, you know, played at Michigan for, I believe it was there for four whole years. So, you know, he got a degree, but in his words, not mine, the degree is useless. He didn't really get to study what he wanted. Like you'll get some rare, some rare cases where kids are actually like geniuses and amazing um, athletes who can, you know, accomplish like a, a dentistry degree or something like that at, at a university while playing a full-time sport. But, you know, for the for the average athlete, that's just far too much to ask, you know? And, yeah, it's definitely about money. Like, I don't think they're even trying to hide it too much. Like, it's, it's pretty blatantly about money and pressure from the outside world, whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's players' uh, parents, whether it's other conferences playing, whether I, I believe the biggest factor is probably Notre Dame playing on Saturday and having people in the stands because Notre Dame is about as Big Ten as you can get without actually being in the Big Ten. And, you know, they were playing. So I believe, I. well, I don't know. I was about to say I, I think all the Big Ten teams should also, like, adopt a game against the MAC because the MAC is the conference that's really going to be suffering from a financial standpoint. Um, but then again, I don't know if, if they'd be able to actually, you know, like pay the Mac school for that football game. So I was about to say that, but I kind of, I kind of caught myself before saying it, but this is, this is where I'm at, you know, and we've, we've gone what would have been the first two weeks of football season. And, you know, it, those Saturdays were pretty rough. Like I knew Michigan state was supposed to be playing Northwestern a couple of weeks ago. I knew Michigan state was supposed to be at BYU a couple of days ago. And yeah, it was a bummer. But to be coming back October 24th, it's not football. I mean, it is football weather, but that's like the one of the last weekends where it's like good football weather. After that, you're going to be dealing with the cold-ass weather that's going to be coming that comes every year around that time. And you see the quality of football just decrease quite a bit. And it's a little bit, it's a lot less exciting to only be playing conference opponents. You know, you don't get those exciting out of conference matchups. You don't get Michigan, Washington, Ohio state at Oregon, um, the U coming up to East Lansing, Wisconsin was going to play Notre Dame. You don't get those. Those are, those are done. You're only playing born old teams that you've seen play a thousand times. Um, no fans in the stands. That's a backbreaker for me. That's my favorite thing is to go to a Michigan State football game and watch the game in Spartan Stadium. Like, if if the opportunity presented itself, like, I would have taken the risk and gone to as many games as I could have gone to this year. Like, I just would have, no doubt about it. Just, And that's, that's part of, like, the fun for me. Like, when I'm watching a, a football game and I think, ooh, down the line I could go to this game. You know, like, it's, it's definitely going to be different. It's going to be different knowing that there's not going to be a real postseason. Like, you'll get probably the college football playoff and a few major bowl games here and there. But you're really, you're not really playing for anything unless you're Ohio State or Penn State or maybe Michigan in the Big Ten, you know? Um, right. Um, and I, this is really a good topic for the, my other show, the Paul Bunyan podcast that focuses on Michigan, Michigan State. We recorded our first episode since March uh, on Saturday this last week, so that one's that one's available now. You know, shameless plug. Um, but I said, you know, plug it away. Benefited, <laughs> it benefited Michigan State more than anybody 
to have the shutdown because Mel Tucker came in late because of Mark D'Antonio retiring first week of February. So Mel Tucker was already behind the eight ball if things went according to plan. Obviously, we're sitting here now. We can say safely things did not go according to plan because the middle of his first week of official practice, the world gets shut down and everybody has to go home. Right. So, you know, weeks into his first official fall camp, again, the, the season gets canceled or postponed, you know. Um, it's going to be weird. I'll definitely watch. I'm not going to sit here and tell you if Michigan State football is on TV, I'm not going to watch because that would just be a straight-faced lie. That would That's as much a lie as, you know, the, the term student athlete. So, um, right. I'm, I've, I've just got a straight up addiction to Michigan State football. Even if it's the worst thing on TV, if it's on, I gotta watch it. Like, I just, I can't control myself, man. Um, so I, I'm gonna watch. I'll probably be feeling excited that first week. Um, I'm excited to see what the schedule is gonna be. And in a way, it is a relief that they're playing for a few reasons that'll break down. One, this pretty much guarantees they're not going to try to play in the spring, and that's a relief because I didn't want a spring season. I don't think any of the players did. And if there was a spring season, that would just F up the fall 2021 season, which, you know, let's have a little bit of optimism. That has a chance of being a normal season where we stand right now. You know, give it a year. The 2021 season has a chance of being, you know, a 12-game season with stadiums fully packed, fingers crossed. I wouldn't want to give that up for like an eight, six or eight or 10 week season sham in the spring, you know? So I'm relieved that them trying to play in the fall pretty much guarantees they're not going to try to play in the spring. So that's a win for me. Um, Mel Tucker's basically going to be coaching his first year with no pressure. And I was never really going to judge the 2020 season on wins and losses anyways, just based on the transition the fact that Michigan State wasn't very good last year and they're losing a lot of talent from that roster. Um, I was never really going to judge Mel Tucker on this season. But now, you know, he's he's really been shafted, got shorted, like basically no practice time with his team. Like he's, he's really going to be using these five weeks leading up to game day, whatever team they're going to be playing the first weekend. Um, and they're only going to be playing teams that know how to beat Michigan State or at least – have played Michigan State over and over and over again for the last decades of, you know, Big Ten football being existent, save for Maryland and Rutgers. So, basically, Mel Tucker's first season at Michigan State is like an exhibition season. These results do not matter because unless you are going to go undefeated, you're not going to a bowl game anyways, so you're playing with nothing to lose. You're playing with house money. And that excites me a little bit. It's going to suck to lose a year of eligibility on a worthless season for a few players, but in a way it's a bit of a relief, you know, now I can, I can get like an eight game preview of what the possibilities are under Mel Tucker. So that's, that's my view. I'm a little less excited. Like when I saw the announcement was official, I wasn't jumping for joy. I wasn't relieved. I, I was just like, okay, First of all, I believe it when toe meets leather and the season is kicking off. Second of right. all, you know, whoop to freaking do. Um, but I'm not 
we'll 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 talk the first week and see how I'm feeling because maybe maybe I'll be so starved for Michigan State because I need I need some intake of Michigan State sports and I haven't gotten it since March eighth when we beat the Buckeyes to win a championship on Senior Night and I thought there was more to come and then it was done so I'll probably be pretty starved by October twenty fourth and I'll just be happy happy to see somebody playing in the green and white but that's where I'm at I don't know if you want to go in on Michigan or yeah just I'll go a little bit on I'll go in a little bit of Michigan it's um it's really simple for me Joe what's been my problem with Michigan ever since we started to do this podcast oh the, the offense the run run pass offense, and just the overall lack of progress since year one under Harbaugh say it again <laughs> Harbaugh and a quarterback situation what do I come to read today that my man Christian McCaffrey is guess what Opting out this year and he's looking to transfer. Yeah. Dill okay. McCaffrey. So he, Dill McCaffrey, Christian, my bad. Oh, Christian, you're killing it. Kind of pissed off I didn't get him on my uh, fantasy team <laughs> again this year, but whatever. So yeah, Dill McCaffrey, my bad. You know, he's opting out. He's looking to um, transfer. Here we go again. Michigan doesn't know who their quarterback is. Here we go again. I've been reading that Milton is the clear cut number one. Um, and uh, McCaffrey and whoever was fighting for the number two, obviously McCaffrey is out. He's opting out. He's looking to go play somewhere else. Obviously, I don't blame the man. I saw this happening two years ago. I knew he was going to transfer. It's happening. Now uh, we have Milton. Is Milton the guy? I don't know because Milton wasn't the guy last year, not the year before. You know, all of a sudden, we're back in the square one with Harbaugh. Mr. Harbaugh, quarterback whisperer to quarterbacks who can't understand what he's saying. <laughs> okay, so I'm not looking forward to Michigan uh, because that, that's it right there. We have no clear-cut leader. You know what I'm saying? Your quarterback is your leader. That's your point guard. That's your ace. That's your number freaking one. And we don't have that. It's it's not established. It hasn't been established since uh, since Harbaugh has been here. And to, to be honest with you, I'm, I, I'm, I'm over Harbaugh. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want a coach that kind of feels like a like, – like that awesome uncle that, that, that feels like, you, you know, that father figure, that grandpa, he is not that. When I look at people like, you know, uh, it, these are going to be examples. When I look at people like, you know, like Tom Izzo, I look at him, I'm like, dude, that, that guy would love to be like related to him. You know what I'm saying? Or you, you look at, um, want to be in his circle. Exactly. You look at urban Meyer, you know what I'm saying? As, as much as, as much as we have to, especially me and you have to hate urban for being, you know, so good at uh, uh, Ohio State. I look at him like I would want to be related to someone like that. I look yeah. at Harbaugh. I was like, dude, I would never John, want to John claim you as my family example. member. John Beeline right. is a perfect example of that. Like, Bam, right there. It's, right. I, I absolutely dreaded the fact that John Beeline was the coach of Michigan basketball, A, because he was so good, B, because I liked him so damn much. Like, the, the best news I ever um, – not the best news I ever received, but some very good news I received was when I woke up and saw he was taking the Cavaliers job I was like, hey, I might just go and cheer for the Cavaliers because I like John Beeline so much, you know? Like, I don't, well, you to, can... I don't have to feel guilty about watching Michigan basketball and, like, not hating them now. Well, you can cheer for him again because he's bad teaching classes at Michigan or a class in Michigan I read. I didn't read too much into it. But, yeah, it's like, it's like I look at Harbaugh, it's like I would never claim you as my family member. You know what I'm saying? And just and like I, I don't have to because I'm a Michigan fan like that. I don't have to be like, oh well, he's a Michigan man, so I have to. No, I don't have to. So you know what? My my view on Michigan is like it's been for the past since we started this podcast, Joe. 
since we started this podcast, man. I mean, this is, I, I've, I've, it, 2016, at the end of 2016, we started this show. Yeah. Like, it's the, to me, it's the same, same ish. This has been going on the past four or five years and uh, going on six years, really. So I'm over it. I want to see something new, uh, you know, and just when you think, you know, Harbaugh, okay, Harbaugh's been shut up this whole pandemic. Maybe he's no sort of grindstone, uh, uh, trying to get, uh, you know, back to work. And then here he is on a conference call calling out Ryan Day. It's like, bro, yeah, are you serious? <laughs> are you honestly going to poke the sleeping bear? It's Ohio State. They've done ran the friggin' field and ran you six feet under it for the past, I don't know, 10 years. 15 years shut up don't poke the bear bro let him sleep right now shut up and this is what this is what he does this is what he does right. he opens his mouth and he doesn't back up anything he says i can't have any respect for that you know what i'm saying i'm i'm really tired of him like t- thinking he has the moral high ground all the time like oh look ohio state was cheating because the the assistant was on the field with the players and look i have proof here's the picture of it it's like dude who cares like, right, shut, shut up. Worry, worry about your, worry about your own program, Jim. Right, All right, Jimmy. Right. Worry about your program. God, <laughs> that, that, like, that's where I am with them, Joe. And I don't, I don't think it'll change until he changes drastically. I'm talking about like a 180, bro. Mm-hmm. Or we just get, we get someone new in there because, because you know, it's gonna, it's gonna. I don't know. It's just gonna implode. You know. Yeah. And I, I love doing a podcast with you, and I love doing a podcast with my friend Mike. Uh, we do the the Paul Bunyan podcast together because I'm just I'm a, I'm a state fan dealing with two Michigan fans on opposite ends of the spectrum of the Harbaugh spectrum, and I I love it. I look forward to hearing your guys. Why is is Mike like like a Harbaugh fan? Like he's, I mean, he's all like like, slab, it... like he's been critical, like he's been fair, um, but he, he's definitely like supportive and like is a fan of like what's been happening you know the last the last few years since harbaugh got in town um, i can't be su- on his behalf I, or anything right but, you know like me i personally i can't be supportive when you win the games you're supposed to win and the games that you're really 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 supposed to win you flounder you flounder and you fall hard fall hard right. i can't back that up i can't back up mediocrity for the past five to six years i can't do it and you michigan know, not, fans deserve better not well agree to disagree <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> screw you joe <laughs> you know, i saw somebody online say uh on sunday you know man lions fans deserve better than this we really do and then somebody replies i assure you we do not <laughs> right not, no. not to let, not to let the Jim Harbaugh back and forth take over this episode of the Beards Radio podcast. But what I always come back to is, what is the signature win under Jim Harbaugh at Michigan? He has a lot of nice wins. He has a home win against Wisconsin in 2016. Another blowout win over Wisconsin in 2018. He had that blowout win against uh, Notre Dame last year at home under the lights in the rain. But like, when did they go on the road and beat like a solid team? Where at the end of 60 minutes, you're like. I can't believe they just beat that team. You know, when's the, like people have been making excuses left and right. Like, Oh, they got screwed at Ohio state. JT was short or, you know, Oh, if, if this guy doesn't get hurt, they don't lose to Iowa or like just all these things. It's like, you're not paying the man to make excuses for him. Like, like Tom Izzo does it time and time again. Like 
Tom, there are no games left where Tom Izzo's teams should surprise me. But, you know, against Maryland, the last day of February, Maryland team that came into the Breslin Center and beat them, they owned Maryland on their own floor. Like, they led double digits wire to wire. And I was like, damn, Tom Izzo is still the man. You know? Like, right. I'll, I'll always go back to Tom Izzo on these. But, like, there hasn't been a game where I look at I'm like, this is what Jim Harbaugh can plant his flag in the ground on. Like, even Matt Patricia can say, well, I had one of the most impactful fourth quarter plays in NFL history. So there, which is a whole different conversation. But, like, you know, what does Harbaugh have? You know, he he choked in the Super Bowl against his brother. He choked the next year in the NFC uh, championship game. Like, Harbaugh, to me, has not been that exciting coach since the end of his first year. Or, like, you know, since really, like, the middle of his second year at Michigan. It's just been kind of like they had a down season in 2017, understandable. But then it's just been like, yeah, you'll win 10 games, but you're not going to win a big one, you know? Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head. When he lost the Super Bowl, it was downhill from there. Like, like you want you you want to know what what he has, what games he has to win. His, his first season at Michigan was exciting, and if you hated Michigan, it was a bit scary. Like that team was not supposed to win 10 games. I give all the credit in the world to Harbaugh for that 2015 season at Michigan. But really, like, since the middle of the 2016 season, like, I I really think the only reason he's been as successful is because Mark D'Antonio went senile on everybody. Like, that's just my take. (laughs) Like, Mark D'Antonio had the same fire in him, you know, that he had early in his career. We might, A, he might not be retired. Jim Harbaugh might only have, like, one win against him. But Mark D'Antonio decided to, let his brain retire a couple of years early and, you know, keep his pals around running a, a retirement home. Right. Absolutely. And you want to talk about, you know, you're, you're talking about uh, what Jim Harbaugh has to do to solidify himself as a Michigan coach. It's easy. It's friggin' simple. Beat Ohio state. That's yeah. it. That's all you have to do. You've had six years to do it. You have not done it. You have not done it. That's right. what he needs to do. Wrong, he's, he's the first coach in the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry to lose the first five games of the quote-unquote rivalry. There's a record for you. Maybe they could put that up on a Shem Eckler Hall. <laughs> but but me, man, like, like, if I love you, Joe, if I love somebody or I care for somebody, I'm going to be harder on you, mm-hmm. right? Like my kids. I'm harder on my kids than I am on my neighbor's kids or – or, or my nieces or my nephews because they're my kids. I love them. I want to see them do good. I have to be hard on them, just like Harbaugh. I'm going to be very critical on him, very critical on him because he's taken over, you know, his team, his childhood team. But it, it just doesn't mean significance to him. It has significance to a lot of people, me, my, me included. You know what I'm saying? So that's what he has to do. I'm going to be critical on him until he does what I need him to do, beat Ohio State and beat them – not 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 just one time out of five. Beat him consistently. Beat him handily. You know what I'm saying? That's what's going to change my mindset about Harbaugh. Until then, I just see, I just, I see mediocrity. Yeah. I don't I don't see like when I when I hear him talk, I'm not like ooh ah. Like when I hear uh, like Urban Meyer's talk when he was doing his analyst uh, stuff 
last year when he was his first year retiring from Iowa State. It's like, this guy knows what he's talking about. I can sit there and listen to a podcast of this guy talking about football for two hours. No doubt. He knows yeah. what he's talking about. And he's well-spoken. It's just like, and you want to listen to him. When Jim so, Harbaugh so opens his mouth, so it's just like. Subscribe, you don't subscribe to Jim Harbaugh's podcast then. No, absolutely not. I'm not gonna listen to uh, him talk about uh, him talk about drinking almond milk or uh, him talking about you know crazy chickens and uh, mad because uh, Ryan Day's assistant coaches are are sitting on the side of a, a a field while guys guys practice football more than six feet away from each other. You know what I'm saying? So like I I, I do not subscribe to Jim Harbaugh's podcast. I do not subscribe to Jim Harbaugh's way of coaching um, at this point because. You know, if you break down the Big Ten, it's only three teams we need to beat. Wisconsin, Penn State, Ohio State. It was Michigan State. It was. You know what I'm saying? Back in the good old days. Back in the good old days, right. It was four teams you had to beat. You know what I'm saying? Four fucking teams. Excuse my language. I'm getting mad here. But four teams where you have to consistently put all your all into it. And you haven't. And you haven't. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, Complete 180 needs to be done. 100% complete 180. His mentality, the way he moves, the way he talks, everything. And I do not see that happening. And like I said, when we started this podcast, who's our quarterback? What's going on with our quarterback? Quarterback situation's horrible. It's been horrible since he got here. It's been horrible the second that we talked. 941 on September 16th, 2020. Five weeks before the Big Ten starts for eight weeks. I don't see us having a set-in-stone quarterback. This is the same problem that we've had since he's been here, since his tenure here. I don't see nothing really changing, Joe. I got, I'm got i someone who goes with track record. Like we said, hey, I would love to see Denver win it in seven, but LeBron, we've seen what LeBron's done. Maybe he, maybe he hasn't won how he should in the, in, in the finals, but he gets to the finals. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I'm at with the whole Michigan thing, Joe. Yeah. I think we're allowed one f bomb on this on our on each episode. So just one, just, gotta watch just one. Here. Okay, just one. <laughs> we just use it up. <laughs> it's all good. Um, other news: uh, Big Ten or not Big Ten basketball? College basketball will be starting the week of Thanksgiving, so that's something for us to look forward to. You know, awesome. We announced that as well. I believe November twenty third or twenty fifth. I think they said twenty fifth. November twenty fifth. We will have college basketball. Uh, it's going to be a shortened season, 27 games, but that's only four games shorter than uh, it normally is. So that's not that's not too big of a step back. You know, you miss out on a couple of those cupcake games. And full steam ahead, the NCAA tournament is planned to be started on time. So that's sports-wise, like, that's really where my mind's at, watching some college hoops Thanksgiving weekend. But uh, – that's 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 just where I'm at. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hope let's hope this country isn't burning down by then. You know what I'm saying? And we can actually watch sports. And I'm just waiting for 2021 to. I'm waiting for 2020 to be done with. This has been like the worst year. I'm waiting for 2021. Let's 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 pray to whoever your maker is. You know that 2021 goes a lot smoother than 2020 did. Yeah, and um, you know, moving on talking about 2020 just being a rough year this this topic it, it reminds me of when we recorded uh the day after the kobe bryant the passing of kobe bryant and his daughter and you know uh her teammates and, and their parents in the the helicopter crash uh, a couple weeks ago we learned about the passing of chadwick boseman who 
I almost said, you know, actor Chadwick Boseman. He he was a lot more than an actor, but he passed away after a battle with colon cancer and he kept his battle silent. And, you know, there are a couple ways to look at it, but I respect that so much to just focus on life while you're living it and not, not really like try to use it as a crutch or use it as like a spotlight or anything, even though it, it could, there could be positives coming from using it as a spotlight, but I think he knew what he was doing. Um, it's, it's just tragic. It's un- unfortunate, you know, to lose someone like that at the age of 43. Um, there's just really no words for me. Right. No, I- I'm with you. And, and the thing that saddens me is too, is I remember a few months ago when, you know, um, there was pictures of him circulating on Twitter and he just looked emaciated and, you know, he looked sickly and, you know, a lot of people just speaking out of arrogance or arrogance out of ignorance, um, you know, saying like, well, you need to eat or something or work out or something like not knowing what this man is going through. You know what I'm saying? Like, like at that time I thought, oh, maybe he's um, getting ready for a role. We've seen, uh, you know, uh, people like Christian Bale, 50 Cent, get like emaciated, skinny to play, you know, certain roles. You know, um, that's where I thought it was going. And, you know, I wish to God it was still going that way today. But, you know, um, yeah, like you said, um, he didn't make any excuses up. You know, he went and protested. He went and stood up for what he thought was right. You know, he didn't have to. He could have sat home and be like, I- I'm tapped out. You know, I don't got that much to go. I'm just going to spend it here. But he made no excuses. He didn't let anybody know. You know what I'm saying? And I think, you know, everyone sits back and like, oh, we lost Black Panther. You know, I think that's a really big blow to a lot of young um, black kids here in America. I think it's a huge blow because I think, yeah. you know, growing up, we had our, our, our white superheroes that we looked up to. And, you know, there were a few you know, black superheroes, you know, in the spotlight. I'm not saying that they don't exist because yeah. I, I really want to get, out there. I really yeah. want to get into this list. This, um, his death kind of inspired me to look up, you know, black superheroes and like, you know, where can they kind of head from here? But, you know, for, uh, when you talk about like revolutionary uh, roles for him, Black Panther touched, you know, a lot of, you know, young, young, uh, young black kids, you know what I'm saying? They gave them hope It gave them, you know, and all these people start making it sound crazy. People, people had that same kind of hope when Captain America came on the scene during the world war two. So, you know what I'm saying? You know, uh, the same thing with Superman, you know, you know, hope where there isn't, where there really essentially is none. And that's what he brought. But if you look at his whole res, you know, his recent resume of people that he played, I mean, he played Thurgood Marshall, you know, who's yeah. like one of the first Supreme black is actually the first african-american supreme court justice uh, you play 42 you play jackie robinson who was the first black uh baseball players uh black baseball player to break those color barriers inside of baseball you know what i'm saying um he played get on up he played james brown who everybody knows james brown dude's a legend did a lot you know especially if, especially if uh, a hip-hop head like me like when sampling first came out everybody sampled james brown everybody sampled james brown so like he played these these figures who had such a, a big impact in in real life you know real life people 
that had such a good, a big impact on the African American community, and then for him to do Black Panther and kind of have an impact on a Black community in a totally different way, you know what I'm saying? They lost, yeah. you know, it's a, a very big activist and somebody to it's give blow. hope and, to the young kids in his uh, yeah. community. And um, yeah, speaking on that, you know, just like what it means, like you said, we. Not to get into like privilege conversation, but a little bit to get into it. Like, yeah, we we got to grow up like with constant movies of Batman coming out, super so many Superman movies coming out, so many Spider Man movies coming out. You know, Wolverine being the prominent uh, figure in all of the X Men movies. Like, we we got to experience that, and it it brings me back to a conversation I had with my sister. Um, who also passed away at the age of 43, uh, unfortunately, a couple years ago. We were, it was uh, around New Year's 2015, 2016, right after The Force Awakens came out. You know, I didn't, I didn't make a big deal out of the fact that the two lead characters in that movie were, you know, a black guy and a female. You know, like those were the two um, protagonists in the story. You know, I was just like, it's another Star Wars movie. I'm here for it. I'm, you know, it's it's way better than the prequels, and I haven't even seen it. Like, it's great, you know. Right. I was just there for it. And my sister was just explaining to me how much it meant to her and how much it meant to her daughter that, you know, the most prominent character was a female. And I was like, you know what? I never really considered that. I never thought of that. Because when I was growing up and I thought of Star Wars, I thought of Han Solo. I thought of Luke Skywalker first. Darth Vader. Darth right. Vader first. And then, like, kind of, like, secondarily thought of Princess Leia. Maybe that's because I was a boy. I am a boy. Um, <laughs> maybe not. But, you know, it's, it was just, it was a different perspective for me that I, it, like, I wasn't looking at that and thinking, like, oh, finally, we have a, a, a lead female Star Wars character, like, taking the reins. Like, and that's exactly how people view Black Panther. You know, like, Black Panther is an excellent movie, and I've enjoyed the hell out of it. But I, I wasn't, like, at the time, I was like, oh, thank goodness I can finally watch a prominent black superhero, like, and mostly African-American cast, you know, have this great movie. Like, that wasn't in my thoughts because I, I, it never had to be in my thoughts because, like, most movies, were, most action movies or superhero movies were just predominantly white men. So, like, yeah, there's a little bit of privilege for us in that regards. And just a little bit of perspective that, like, no, we didn't understand what it meant. So, but, but Joe, I, I, I think our generation, we get it. We understand. Yeah. No, I yeah. understand. We, we, I to- totally understand how it is and, you know, um, how it should be. So, exactly. I think this was a big blow, not only for, the comic book world, the movie world, you know, the world. I think it's a big blow for the black community. I think this is somebody that was, to me, was on on step to be the next Denzel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To 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 change and, and his community and his people for the good. You know what I'm saying? Not 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 saying that. You know, I'm not trying to be like, oh, it's all bad. It's all bad. Yeah. But you know what? I, Everything can get better. Everything can get better, and I think people like Chaz, Chadwick Boseman are are put into this world, are put into these places to make these things better. And it just sucks that because he had a lot more to do. He was he I, wasn't I believe, done. I believe Denzel Washington 
paid for Chadwick Boseman to go through uh, school at Juilliard. Really? It might not have been Denzel. Uh, I might I might be misquoting, but it was it was one of those, it was it was a famous actor like seasoned like a Denzel or a Morgan Freeman. Um, but I believe it was Denzel Washington. I will have to fact check that, but paid the way for Chadwick Boseman to go through school, acting school at Juilliard. And I have to believe, you know, Chadwick Boseman was going to do the same and pay it forward. And it was just going to be a chain that kept linking and linking. And, you know, to look back and like see videos and photos of him visiting uh, children in the, the children's cancer ward, knowing that now knowing that he was going through the same things, you know, obviously not a child, but going through cancer, like that really says something about character, like absolutely to put that hurt and like your issues to the side to just brighten the day of someone who's going through the same thing, but probably worse, you know? Right. He, he, he put out four movies portraying the black Panther while battling cancer. That, is an astounding achievement and accomplishment because you got to be in really good shape to be portraying a superhero of that magnitude. So to be in shape like that and battling cancer and also like doing other roles, you know, 21 bridges came out this past year too. Um, Right. Like message, message from the King. Have you seen message from the King? I've not seen that one. Oh my God! It's such a good movie, Joe. Go watch Message from the King. It's on Netflix. The Netflix original. Go watch it. I'm not sure. Shameless plug. No, I'm not on Netflix. But yeah, go watch it. Message from the King. And me, and my wife really want to get around to watching that uh, Spike Lee movie with him in it, The Five Bloods, where yeah. they go back to Vietnam and try to and like try to get a, a treasure or something that they left behind. But the movie's like two and a, two two and a half hours long. And every time I come home, my wife's like, "You want to watch it?" I'm like. I, we don't got two and a half hours. We're gonna fall asleep in the next hour. <laughs> put on a documentary or something, you know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I really want to watch the uh, the Five Bloods, but I recommend, I rec- recommend Message from the King. It's an absolutely great movie, yeah. in my opinion. I've I have I have been going back and like watching his sketches on Saturday Night Live too. <laughs> yeah, right. It was great. Uh, like when I saw Black Panther for the first time, like my mom took me to see it because I was like going to meet her somewhere. She was like, "Do you want to go to the movies and see Black Panther?" Like I'll buy your ticket. I'm like, "Well, let's yeah. do automatic yeses right there, of course." You know. <laughs> and, uh, right. Right. And we were like the only white people in the theater, and it was great. Like I was it, like. I loved it. It was it was a fantastic experience because you have been getting on me for a while to see it at that point. I've just been like meaning to like uh, we, we have some lost episodes back from when we were on uh, SoundCloud because, you know, SoundCloud wanted us to start paying them, you know, God forbid. right. Sure. <laughs> right. Back in the early days, the, the lost episodes of Beers for Radio. Like I remember you getting on my case to go see it. And once I saw it, I was like, yeah, I get it. This is what Sasha was talking about. It was great. It was great put together. So, you know, let's let's kind of, you know, in the in the spirit, in the essence of Chadwick Boseman, let's step away. Okay, I wanted to kind of bring this show, kind of kind of throw a twist on the thing. Um, I want to go down a list of black superheroes. You know what I'm saying? Because um, I've been reading about who's to take over black. Are they going to recast T'Challa? Are they going to recast? No, I I, I think bring the, back the best uh, one. Terrence that- Howard. Like, no, please no. no. You know, I've seen I've seen a lot of things like they're gonna bring back uh, Killmonger to be the the new uh, uh, black Black Panther, but I think Killmonger's mentality and how he is, it just he wouldn't be the 
good to be Black Panther, right? Right. Um, I, I think I think I think having Siri step up and taking over the mantle is the best thing. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because now you're giving not giving hope back to these young black kids. Now you're giving hope to these young black girls. You know what I'm and saying? It, and it makes and sense story wise too. Right, absolutely. And see me, I think it makes sense story wise to have Siri go in there because it kind of it kind of saves Marvel's butt from turning uh, Spectrum, who was the original Captain Marvel, who was Monica Rambeau, who was a black woman, yep. and Whitewasher to be some blonde white lady. You know, I think I think it'll it'd be the way to offset that. You know what I'm saying? To yeah. to actually bring a, a strong female black superhero back in the mix. Even though even though I think if um if Chadwick was still alive and we had more uh. Black Panther movies, I think Storm would come into the frame more because they are an item in the comic books. And I think that'd be a great way to bring X-Men into the MCU at that point, but you know, that 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 has passed us. But some other I'm gonna go down the list and uh um talk about these black superheroes, you know, DC or Marvel. Of course we got Black Panther, Storm I just talked about, we got Miles Morales, you know, he's the he's a half black, half Latino, you know. I, I hope and I and I get arguments from these boomers at work. They're like, Spider-Man can't be black. I was like, the problem is, though, is the Spider-Verse changes everything. Right. There's 10 different Spider-Mans who aren't Peter Parker. Okay? So chill out, guy. Really understand what the Spider-Verse is about. And then when you understand what the Spider-Verse is about, come holler at your boy. But I can't wait till <laughs> there's a there's a, there's a a live-action Miles Morales movie. Um, uh, Green Lantern. Green you know, Lantern. there's a... John Stewart uh, plays Green Lantern. I think that would be great to bring in the thing. I know that um, DC's WB thing, they kind of, uh, I think John Diggle, that was um, Green Arrow's partner, he's picking up the Green Lantern mantle in the show, which I think is kind of cool. Of course, we have Cyborg, um, and I think there's some stuff going on with DC and Cyborg right now um, with the director of... um, uh, the new Flash movie and Cyborg is not really on board. I, I haven't read, read too much in on that. Okay. But um, Blade, we grew up watching West <laughs> Snipe and Blade. You know what I'm saying? Um, Luke Cage, I loved the Marvel Netflix Luke Cage show. I, I don't think they should have got rid of it because you have an inner city guy. You know what I'm saying? He's bringing hope to the inner city. You know what I'm saying? The man's bulletproof with, what, with what's going on nowadays. How can he not be a hope and an inspiration? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, one of my favorite uh, characters, and I got the guy's autograph, Michael Jai White, who played Spawn in the Spawn movies. Um, of course, yeah. we have War Machine, not Terrence Howard's War Machine, Don Cheadle's. Because I like Don Cheadle way better <laughs> than I like Terrence right. Howard. Basically, just Tony Stark's sidekick. Right. But Falcon, but like- we got Falcon. We saw Deathlock. I saw Deathlock um, was uh, in the... Um, Agents, uh, Mar- um, Marvel Agents of Shield, he was in it. Um, I would like to see Bishop come to the big screen. X Men Bishop, I would love for see him come to the big screen. I think Terry Crews could play him. Um, uh, I-, I really like that. And then one that's really interesting to me, I'm gonna end it with these ones that I think this would kind of play a big role into changing the dynamic up is um batwing you know uh batwing was recruited by bruce wayne his parents died of hiv he's from africa bruce wayne had recruited him to become the batman of africa i think it's a crazy concept really good cool concept but my favorite right and i actually read 
all these series. I know I'm trying to take this, uh, you know, no, a little monster. Right, man. I'm all here for it. But um, the very first Captain America, nobody knows it, is a, is a black man by the name of Isaiah Bradley. Huh. And the whole, the whole premise of this is that this is like the pre-Super Soldier Serum where they're testing it on 300 um, black soldiers, which is kind of eerie because if people know their American history with the Tuskegee wow. experiment, how, how they experimented on these black um, airmen in Tuskegee with syphilis, you know what I'm saying? Damn. With un- under the rules that they were giving them, you know, like, like, uh, yeah. you know, proper medical attention. You know, I think I think that correlates with what Isaiah Bradley kind of went through and out of the 300 um black soldiers that were tested he was the lone survivor and he went on and he ended up just kicking ass in world war ii just knocking nazis around which is something that's great you can never get wow. mad for nazis get knocked around right but um you know at the end of at the end of his series is i believe the first book is called red white and black and it's it's only like it's only like a couple books long you know um the comic drawing isn't necessarily like your traditional comic drawing, uh-huh. um, but it has a very profound message in it. You know what I'm saying? Something almost along the lines of this, the Tuskegee experiments. I mean, and Isaiah Bradley, what comes out of Isaiah Bradley are two new superheroes that are modern day today that you can go off of. I mean, his grandson, um, his, his, his codename is Patriot. You know, they did a whole blood transfusion. This is his daughter's son. You know, they did a blood transfusion, and he ended up getting his grandfather's powers. He's called Patriot, and he's the the uh, the leader of the the new young. Uh, God, I can't even think of it. The new the new young Avengers, I believe it was, and um, and then his son, which was um, they took his blood and his wife's womb and had um, and combined them into a surrogate, and his name is Josiah X, and um, he's one of the first like. Muslim uh, black superheroes there are. So I think there's they're so rich. Comics, DC and Marvel are so rich. I mean, even Spawn, you know, I know it's not DC and Marvel, but it's so rich in black superheroes that I don't want to see any, like, more i don't want i don't want to see any more yeah it's black blackwash i don't want to see any more like white characters say hey we're gonna take this white character turn them black no i have a list of over 20 fucking excuse me that's two 20 effing uh 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 uh, black superheroes characters that have great backstories they have there are awesome characters that you can go off of yeah you know what i'm saying so i think i think chadwick boseman rest in peace bro you you, you broke that mold. I think people before him, kind of like Blade, um, Wesley Snipes, and Spawn, uh, Jai Michael White. Chef. I think, yeah, and exactly. I think they they made that way, but yeah. T'Challa was that dude. Bozeman was that dude to bring it to friggin' life, to, to have, a, have something bigger than just the comic book character. And I think there's so many more other characters that can take I don't want to say take the mantle because you'll never be able to take the mantle of Chazwick, Chadwick and T'Challa, but can run with it. Right. And, and, it's, it's and, not and, and sky's the limit. Panther. Right. Sky's the limit. And I want to see these guys that I said, these, these men and women, I want to see their characters develop. I don't want to see them take uh, uh, Wolverine and uh, all of a sudden it's uh, Denzel's playing Wolverine. I don't want yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? I want these 
legitimate, original black characters to come to life. You know what I'm saying? Because they deserve it. And I think the ones, the ones before them, like like Blade, like Spawn, T'Challa, they paved the way. These characters need more development, and they need to be hitting the big screen. Just my opinion. Sasha, that tidbit about the first Captain America, uh, what was the name? Something Bradley. Isaiah Bradley. Isaiah Bradley. That's a hell of a knowledge nugget right there, man. That is, I I had no idea that existed. That right. That's why you're the goat, my man. <laughs> Thank you. I, pre- I appreciate that because I, I like I when I first thought out by Isaiah Bradley like two or three years ago, I'm like the first Captain America was black. I'm like, nah, it can't be that right. Is, you know, that is it's Steve that Rogers. I absolutely zero knowledge about that is. So when I read up on it, all right. So when I read up on it, dude, and I'm like, wow, they kind of started this novel to mirror what happened with the Tuskegee experiments. I'm like, I'm right. booked. This is now you're bringing real history into stuff, and I'm a history buff. So now you're bringing real history into something, and and having to be an inspiration for that dude. It's just like when, when I read that, I was like goosebumps. Bam! I need to read. So I, I I have my my Marvel comic book app. I can read all Marvel, which is cool too because Marvel does all Star Wars comic books as well. So you can read all Star Wars comic books on that. It's called Marvel Unlimited. Um, I I. I uh, yeah sorry yeah there you go <laughs> sponsor us Marvel right but no when I when I read when I read the first two pages of uh red red white and black Isaiah Bradley's I was like I'm flipping hooked and and it, it's it's just a great story and I think I think I think stories like that really need to be pulled into the forefront like i would love Absolutely. i would love i would love to see a, a first captain america movie. even if you have isaiah bradley in the first captain america movie and he dies at the end of it like he does in the comic books well well he dies right his legacy doesn't end there josiah x and patriot pick it up and you know what i'm saying so it's just told like story still needs to be told and uh batwing too like Man, yeah that's a that's awesome, a great one uh that's an awesome like perspective franchise right there you know like having having Batman Africa, like that's basically DC Black Panther in a way, you know. Like he, he kind of looks like him too. He kind of looks like Black Panther. When yeah. I first saw you know, Black Panther on screen, I was like, his suit, like you know, just maybe it's it's the ears, like like that just looks like a, a Batman Beyond type suit, you know. Like that was my thing. right. No, I'm with you on that one, man. But there, you know. Rest in peace to Chadwick. I think he did great yeah. things for the character, and I think because of what he did with that character, other characters need to be developed. Other black characters that people don't know about, like like Isaiah, I think need to be put in the forefront because they, they have great, great, great stories. And you know what? Even if you're not black, it's relatable. Yeah. You know, so uh, absolutely shocking, horrifying news to find out, and uh, it's absolutely tragic. So, um, yeah, rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. Um, sucks that you know we were we were talking about Kobe the same way you know eight months ago. Like it's unreal, you know. Like it, it's unfortunate. No, I'm with you on that one. It's very unfortunate. But yeah, if if you have if you have a chance to to uh, to read the Isaiah Bradley uh, comic book series. It's great. It's a, it's a short read, but it's a great one. That, that is fascinating, dude. Like that is, that is legitimately, I mean, it's stuff like that. The Tuskegee project, we're not going to get political, but like 
light should be shown on that because not, there's so there is so much like dark history that not enough people know about like that you really don't even learn about in like history classes unless you like go off and deep dive on your own or like i don't know that's that's something man like that's it's deep it's really deep yeah, you know I've, and, and I've i think i think words on that right and i think my push for always finding stuff because <clears throat> my father came from a communist country he ran away from a communist country and he always told me some of the stuff that you gonna teach you in school isn't 100 correct is it 100% accurate? It's going to be slanted towards the country that you live in and slanted towards uh, the governments of that country. You know what I'm saying? So my dad would always would always would always implore me when you see something and it doesn't it just doesn't seem right to you. Question it. Read up on it. Look into it. Educate yourself because uh, as much as I love this country, our education needs reform we're one of the last in everything on this planet and every subject i don't want to get into it but to go out and 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 like we got taught in our media joe find find a find find the truth find a source to back that uh uh, truth up find a source to back that source up to back that truth up and find another source a source a source a source that's what you have to do and you know when and when I read this about Isaiah Bradley, I was just like, "Wow, that'd be the awesome, awesome way to just start off again for you know black superheroes." You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that would be something. It would be something. But you know what, Joe? We don't get paid the big bucks like these uh like these directors do. I guess our our <laughs> our, our cool ideas is just fed enough fall in the cracks. It's all right. I I think. Well, when we might not get that exact movie or TV show on the big screen someday, but I feel like we'll get something close, and I feel like we are making strides, at least in like the entertainment industry, uh, towards that type of stuff. The Batwing, I, I would love to see a Batwing movie franchise. That that is something else. Um, and you know what? I think you know if you do a if you do a Bat Family. You know what I'm saying? I've, right. And you know, where, where's Far? Where's Farbar? Speaking of Farbar, he's on a shameless plug, guys. Go to Farbar.com and and get yourself some cool ass duds. But if he was here, he'd even tell you the same thing. Exactly. A Bat Family movie would be great, and you can expand off that. Then you can take it to Batwing, and you can like, take it to Africa, and you can do all this stuff. Right. With it. F F the DC extended universe. You could just have the Batman extended universe, and it can include Batwing. And uh, I mean, you know, you already got Robin and Batgirl and Nightwing. And Batman Beyond, like so many you know, Red Hood, right? Red Hood, right? Um, all the different Robins, all the different uh, Jokers, like you know, there's just so many. Yeah, that's that's something. <laughs> Definitely like, something. Yeah. Well, we've been going at this this episode for a solid hour and twenty minutes, man. Feels like we just started, but uh, this was a solid one, my man. Nice. Now you want to go through the recaps? Yeah. So we broke down the NBA conference finals. Uh, my internal clock is totally off, off centered because I'm so used to watching the NBA playoffs in the spring. So it feels a little bit weird to be having it in the fall. Um, we didn't tell you about the lions choking, but you know, that's something you're used to. That's like telling you it's going to snow in February. Like it's just going to happen. We're just going to have to deal with it here in Michigan. Um, we, I, I picked, uh, 
Heat in seven. You picked Heat in six, right? Yep. Uh, we both said Lakers in six, even though yes, we sir. would love to see the Nuggets, and we would not be surprised if we see the Nuggets, but that's that's our pick for the finals, Lakers versus Heat. Uh, we talked about the Big Ten football start date officially happening October 24th, but you know what? I'm going to believe it when I'm – when I'm stressing over like a seven to three game going into the fourth quarter against, you know, Maryland or something like that. Like I'll right. believe it when I see it, but True. should we get to it? I'm excited, but this season isn't going to like carry a whole lot of weight for me. Right. Um, And, you know, we also a little bit dived into uh, the Jim Harbaugh topics, but you know, we'll, we'll always get a little bit of that in there. Um, and we talked about Mel Tucker too. I'm excited. I'm excited for Mel Tucker to be the coach of Michigan State football. Speaking about you know a prominent African American figure, I think I think Jawan Howard at Michigan basketball and uh, Mel Tucker at Michigan State football. I think they're gonna they're both gonna be at their places for a long time, and I think they're gonna do a lot of good with uh, the platforms they're given. No, absolutely, and of course we ended it with. The uh, unfortunate passing of Chadwick Boseman, uh, talking about his legacy, the uh, the effect that he had on people. Like all, you you go back and watch all the interviews of you know the actors in the MCU, and they all said the same thing about working with Chadwick Boseman and what a delight it was, and how much of the how much of a consummate professional he was. Um, right. And then you just broke out an amazing list of heroes that will hopefully someday make it to the screen and be as common knowledge as Black Panther is now and as common knowledge as, you know, Spider-Man and all of the all of the characters are now. And before we sign off, Joe, you know who needs their own movie? I'm going to say it. Frozone, baby. He was there for the Incredibles. He was there for the Incredibles. He was an awesome dude. He watched over the kids. He, he made sure the kids were good. Frozone needs a movie. He needs a movie, and Samuel L. Jackson is the man. So we need a Frozone movie. I'm telling you right now, it'd be great. <laughs> Absolutely, Samuel ja- Samuel L. Jackson is the man. I I just see a Mace Window movie too with him just with him just pretending to be a younger version of himself. I would watch it. Right. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Like you said, make sure you guys check out far-ebar.com. Uh, if you follow him on Instagram, you would know that uh, some. New products are dropping October 1st of this year, so that is something exciting to look forward to. And uh, Sasha, plug your show. Uh, I'm not, are, are you guys back with uh, Talk and Shoot? Talking yeah, we're, we're back with Talk and Shoot. Um, we do it bi weekly because it's kind of tough for us to get all the way out to Redford um, to, yeah. to do the show. So, yeah, we do it bi weekly. Um, you can catch us at Cave Radio CBR. I think it's CBR or caveradio.com. Yes, uh, kradio, crb.com or kradio.com. And if you look uh, for Cave Radio on your app, you'll find the app as well. So, Exactly. And uh, I've mentioned it a couple times, but uh, yeah, Paul Bunyan Podcast. We recently just started season two. Uh, fortunately, season one got cut short because our, our very last episode was uh, looking ahead to the Big Ten tournament, which did not happen. And we... Just we're not able to get together. But, uh, yeah, this last week we got together, me and uh, our our friend Mike, who's been on this show a couple times. Um, yeah, check out Paul Bunyan Podcast. Check out Talk and Shoot. Check out Farbar. And uh, keep listening to Beers for Radio. If you've made it through the whole hour and a half of this episode, we greatly appreciate it. We hope you had as much fun as we did.
Absolutely. And always remember, Wakanda forever. And go Nuggets. Go Nuggets. All right. Peace out. This episode of the Beards for Radio podcast is brought to you by Farbar Fashion. Visit far-ebar.com to check out a lineup of products such as shirts, hoodies, bags, lots of different accessory type products. Again, that website is far-ebar.com. Check it out.